0: What's up, party people in the house, so welcome back. You're in for another edition of the Entrepreneurial Web. I'm your host, Jeremiah Fox. Got a hot one for you today before I bring my guest on. The message of the week, just some food for thought. This is something from my guest's Twitter feed, and it just stood out to me. And we'll get to tear this apart a little bit, hopefully have a better understanding of it all by the end of the show. And it is, Bitcoin does not compete against currencies, which is... That's a pretty deep thought there. <laughs> so with that, I'd like to welcome to the show Ryan Baptiste. He's uh, he's a bit of an expert in the field. He's been uh, dealing with uh, crypto since 2013 when he first learned about Bitcoin. And is, uh, he's been a part of some exciting projects. And he's got some new stuff coming up that we're going to learn about today. So welcome to the show, Ryan. Hey, Jeremiah. Thanks for having me. Awesome, man. Thank you. So we first uh, connected in Lance Knobs' uh, thursday afternoon clubhouse room which is always a always a great uh room and a couple of weeks ago you were dropping some pretty serious knowledge on crypto and nfts uh kind of made my head do that emoji <laughs> where the brain is like it's funny because i was on my way to the bank when we were having that discussion i was going to like deal with some money and i just walked into the bank and i was like this is all going away <laughs> Such an odd, odd feeling. Um, so just real quick, I don't want to spend too much time on background. I really want to get down and dirty on, on NFTs, Bitcoin, crypto, wallets, you know, the future. Um, but just give everybody like a quick background just of your, your experience with,
1: uh, with crypto. Yeah, so uh, I learned about Bitcoin in 2013. Um, from there, I learned about a, a protocol called Counterparty, which writes uh, data into Bitcoin. Which allows you to create NFTs or non-fungible tokens inside Bitcoin itself, and then from there, um, I'm creating a card company like almost like Topps baseball cards, but they're Bitcoin NFT cards, and any every card has a physical Bitcoin address and NFT inside it. So uh, that's where I'm at right now.
0: Now NFTs have been a hot topic just you know 2021. Um, when when did that association start to begin? Where like um, Counterparty was creating the you know this inclusion for NFTs. How far back does that go? Yeah, so
1: the Counterparty Protocol was founded uh, by three guys in 2014 and they burned 2,140 Bitcoin. So by burning, I mean, they sent it to an unspendable address that no one can recover. And they issued the token XCP, uh, which is the anti-spam mechanism for creating NFTs inside Bitcoin or creating financial tokens inside Bitcoin uh, they're equally secure as Bitcoin itself. And then uh, in 2015, the first NFT art uh, was issued, and it was by uh, Spells of Genesis, and it was called the FD card.
0: So this is going back to 2015.
1: Yeah, so I believe Crypto Punks came out, or Crypto Kitties was 2017 on Ethereum, and that mm-hmm. kind of took it mainstream. Um, but before that, there was a group of community called Uh, rare Pepe. So, um, they created different Pepe's, uh, NFTs. And uh, I think they created like 16 or 1700 of them. And, uh, probably say at least five or 600 of them were created before any Ethereum NFTs. Okay. Um, and,
0: and so why, like all of a sudden now, it just became super hot. Is it simply because of like Gary Vaynerchuk or is there, is there something else behind like its current
1: popularity? Um, well, definitely the financial aspect. Um, people started buying NFTs and started speculating on them and making lots of money. Uh, a guy named Beeple made a $69 million uh, everyday NFT that was purchased by a hedge fund, I believe, in Dubai. Um, so that's one reason. And then there's more mainstream, like Top Shots and uh, tops is coming out with the NFTs. So uh, that's bringing people into it, too.
0: When did, when did the Beeple sale go down?
1: I think the Beeple sale went down maybe six months ago. Okay. nine million, like somewhere around there. So that really like was the catalyst for like
0: current craze and, and everybody else kind of jumping on board.
1: Yeah, I would say, um, yeah. you know, it, it's become easier and there's like private blockchains now. So uh, it's not as technical for people to get it, say an NFT, but not all NFTs are created equal. You know, they're only as right. secure as the blockchain is protected on.
0: So let's talk about blockchain for a minute. I had a guest on right before everything shut down. Um, she was one of my last in-studio guests here in, in uh, the city. She's she's based out of DC, but her husband grew up here and they were like coming to visit families. She was like, I'll actually be in New York um, and I'd love to come on your show and talk about blockchain. And it took literally like two thirds of this show for me to understand exactly how blockchain worked. Cause she kept saying all these crazy things. Like I, she was like, I could, you know, I could write, uh, you know create a competitor to Facebook like through blockchain we could do it like tomorrow um, so can you just like for the lay person that really doesn't get it I mean I feel like by the end of my show with her I kind of understood but I haven't picked back up with it since just like basic uh, inner workings of blockchain and how it supports something like NFTs or cryptocurrency
1: um, let's see maybe the easiest way to describe it for a non-technical person Yeah, like elementary school kid. (laughs) Yeah, it would be like a non-erasable database, basically. So blockchain is basically a database, but it's not controlled by one central party. Or at least that's the goal of having a decentralized blockchain is not to have one central party be able to control it. And many of these blockchains nowadays are centralized, so they're not even really true blockchains. But um, a non-reversible database that people verify the, the records of past records, and they would be like the miners or proof of stake. And they would just secure the blockchain itself.
0: So, what's a good example of like, uh, you know, one of the, the singularly controlled blockchains right now that like most people would would know of?
1: Uh, a central, I will say, a centralized blockchain. Yeah. Um, any any new altcoins launching that are that are just distributing their coins? Um, a centralized blockchain. Like doesn't have to be. It doesn't have
0: to be currency. Is it? All, I mean, they are they only currency related? Sometimes it's just information based, right? Yeah, correct. So it, it kind of could be any, but it's, it's like the difference between centralized government. It's it's like liberals versus conservatives. <laughs> let's just make this fucking political. No, let's not do that. Um, but but is that a, is that a good way of kind of uh, describing that? Where it's like. It's almost like the big government version of blockchain, where um, decentralized is more like uh, like free market, and and a lot more crazy things can happen.
1: Yeah, I was just saying, there's more participants participating in the decentralized blockchain. So, um, Bitcoin has a lot of different mining pools. So, not one pool controls the whole blockchain. Where if you have, say, Top Shots, I don't want to say Top Shots in particular, but if someone owns. Uh, if it's proof of stake, the majority of the tokens and they can do whatever they want with the blockchain since they control it. Whereas right. if the tokens of proof of stake are distributed to a lot of different parties who only own a small percentage of it, um, you know, you got to get greater than X percent to make a change on the blockchain.
0: Gotcha. Makes sense. So almost like board of directors kind of vibe. There's just a lot more a lot more people uh, involved in the decision making process rather than just almost so more like dictatorship versus uh, democracy.
1: Yeah, 100%.
0: Gotcha. That makes a lot more sense to me now. Um, I had another really good question, and it just slipped my mind. Um, and then, uh, oh, I know I was going to say, so kind of my understanding is like blockchain is essentially verification. It's really just like a, a series of verifications that, that evaluate something, whether it's information-based, whether it's currency-based, the blockchain is what really supports it and, and is like its backing, it's its foundation. Is that true?
1: Yeah, correct. It's all signatures for verification.
0: Yeah. Right. Right. Um, now, especially in your Twitter feed, I noticed like scroll through a little bit and, and you're really into this idea of um, the US attaching the dollar to is it just Bitcoin or is it crypto in general that you're
1: you're keen on? Uh, just, just Bitcoin, pretty much. Yeah. And um, then, go ahead. What were you going to say? Yeah, so I'm um, not attaching. I was saying a digital dollar. So uh, recently, I think Trump made uh, comments that the Bitcoin competes against the dollar. Right. And I kind of take the, the opposite stance, where um, I believe the majority of Bitcoin is owned by United States citizens, and uh, Bitcoin doesn't necessarily compete against the U.S. dollar, but rather, um, it supports it. So I believe the more Bitcoin inside our borders, the stronger it makes our dollar. Right. And and that's why I
0: chose that quote, because it kind of it, it struck me, you know, is I always just kind of read everything is that you've got all these competing currencies when it doesn't really have to be that way. Um, and, and there's no doubt that we're going in the direction of digital currency and that paper money is going to be a a distant memory. We're going to like have it just mounted on our wall and then, like laugh about it one day. Um, within the different cryptos, you know, what are we, there's, there's Dodge, there's Bitcoin. What are, what are some of the top ones right now?
1: Well, Ethereum would be a uh, number two on the market cap. Then mm-hmm. uh, there's Doge. And then there's, uh, uh, there's Ripple, there's Stellar. There's, there's just Cosmos, Solana, there's, there's a lot of them.
0: And there, I mean, do you see them as competing against each other for like the top, the tops, you know, rung in, in the digital, like the digital dollar or will they all just level out and, and, and kind of be quantified similarly?
1: So, so I'm, I'm not really sure where it takes us. So obviously we're going to need different blockchains for, for different capacity like obviously there's only a certain amount of information that can be or a certain amount of transactions that can go on these blockchains a certain amount of time so say you wanted to serialize every single pencil in the world um bitcoin would not be the place to do it um so you might want a, a different blockchain that doesn't need x amount of security in return to store uh say coupons or or information like that
0: right so splitting it up like this is for currency and it's a little bit more specific versus i i will talk about it a little later after we're going to take our first break in just a minute um i am curious to get your take after we come back on on the um use of of nfts and and like the bitcoin wallet for for marketing purposes where it's not attached necessarily to um a piece of art or a currency but more like an exclusive experience perhaps have you heard of uh, people utilizing NFTs and, and crypto that way
1: yet? Um, I think it's getting there. So they're, they're starting to build others. Uh, uh, crypto voxels where you can build your own real estate and you can build, build museums and then you can put your NFTs inside these virtual uh, yeah. places. So, so that's cool. So, yeah, I think it's coming. It's not quite there yet, but it's it's going to come for sure.
0: Well, and, and that's another conversation I want to have, because when we got into that conversation in Lance's room, I really got excited, Um, you know, so that is like, you know, actually having a token connected to a building or a business, which is a whole another thing. Someone was talking to me recently about just strictly using it for marketing purposes where, say, you have this business and you have an, a very um, exclusive tier, uh, like kind of a VIP service, um, and, and maybe you only create like five tokens for it um and and people you know they, they have to purchase these tokens or you give them away however you want to you know however you want to use it but when they redeem they're not getting a piece of your business or or anything physical or tangible it's literally like an ex- it could be like an experience with you so say like take gary vaynerchuk for example instead of him issuing you know how he did these things in the past where he'd have these contests and people got to uh they got to come and like hang with him for a week and you know uh, be be part of the team and 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 get all that expertise as it applies to their business. Um, kind of utilizing a, an NFT in that way. Have you heard of anybody doing that yet?
1: No, not not really. I mean, uh, I, I guess there's this this BitClout where it's kind of like a fans social yeah, network. Exactly. Um, so yeah, it's it's really cool and it's going to be really cool things that like you know issue a token and I buy the token from a dispenser or whatever and I can call it my favorite celebrity and talk to 15 minutes or something. So yeah, absolutely. Right, Uh,
0: right. Just using it kind of exclusively exclusively for marketing as opposed to um, investment, you know, where like you're trying to get investors to, to, you know, buy into your building or to your business or whatever. So, okay, cool. Well, let's pick up with that in just a moment. We're going to take a quick break, everybody. Hang tight. We'll be right back.
2: You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Are you a conscious co-creator?
0: Welcome back, everybody. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to the Entrepreneur Web. I'm your host, Jeremiah Fox, talking with Ryan Baptiste today, getting deep, dirty and deep on uh, NFTs, cryptocurrency and Bitcoin. Uh, we were talking earlier in the show, just kind of the foundational uh, aspects of crypto and NFTs blockchain and how it supports, uh, these, uh, these, these markets, these, whatever, how, 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 however you describe it, <laughs> these spaces, these ethereal existences in the universe. Um, but we were just starting to discuss how aside from it, uh, just being, uh, you know, a currency or, a, an NFT attached to something like a baseball card or a piece of art, even a business, um, also being used for marketing purposes. And some of the, I really, and it came up in, in Lance's room also and like got me super excited. Like the myriad of ways that this is really, it, it could be used. Like we're really just scratching the surface of all the different ways that uh, that NFTs and, and the Bitcoin wallet uh, can be used in terms of securing, uh, you know, just dis- distribution of, things even down to an experience like you were just saying you could you could purchase an nft to like speak to one of your favorite you know actors or or sports icons i mean think about it it's already being connected to and if these guys get on that trip where it's like you know baseball cards or basketball cards or whatever like whoever's hot 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 they get offered an nft for like a phone call or like uh a a lesson you know come to come to the ball field and and you know see how they train right like it could really the lid could really blow on this
1: yeah absolutely it's gonna be it's gonna be really cool to experience to see what see what happens
0: right and then one thing that came up in our discussion was the the idea of real estate and nfts in real estate so Again, I'm asking like layperson questions because this is just like my initial thoughts on it. Um, but just tell me if I'm completely way off on this. So say like you take a block. I mean, I live in a pretty, you know, expensive part of Brooklyn. Um, you know, a lot of uh, classic old homes, but they go, you know, the 12 foot wide homes go for over a million dollars here. It's crazy. Um, so take like a block in my neighborhood where there's, you know, 25 row homes, they're all, you know, going for a million or more and say, you have like 500 grand to invest in real estate. Um, Instead of just putting that into one building, if all of those homes had tokens available, almost like monopoly, you could invest in each one of those homes instead of just putting your money into one. Is that, is that, like feasible is that is that kind of at least part of the way it could work?
1: <laughs> yeah, I think I think absolutely so. I think the blockchain is going to fractionalize a lot of asset investing. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you ever heard of the company Rally Road.
0: Can't say I have.
1: So they do fractional investing on like baseball cards and uh, any type of memorabilia, or cars or Ferraris. You know what I mean? So you can buy like a half a percent of the Ferrari. So you don't even,
0: you don't even have the whole baseball card.
1: Correct. Correct. So, and it's actually, I think, I believe they form each asset they own into its own uh, LLC or company. And that's how they're able to do it.
0: Right. Right. So how does, yeah. How does that work in this whole, in this whole scenario? So you'd have to have, I mean, are are there taxes being paid on this? Like, how is it going down?
1: For, well, while Rally Road doesn't actually use the blockchain. So, um, I don't. I don't exactly know of any investments right now where you can fractionalize real estate on the blockchain, decentralized. Because especially in the U.S., because there's so many KYC um, anti-money laundering laws. So um, I think in the U.S., it's kind of there's a lot of regulation. So uh, we'll see how that plays out.
0: Well, then like there's so there's a lot of regulation in certain aspects of this, but then like none in others. So you were you were describing how some cards in particular have had multiple tokens issued for them right like there's certain like high profile things or just or maybe even just things you've been involved in, in where like multiple tokens have been issued so who's like who's the real slim shady you know
1: yeah exactly yeah, so, so how go ahead yeah so tokens can be uh can be an integer or divisible So uh, if you have one token, someone might be able to half a token, or a quarter token, or a tenth of a token. Um, So the person who issues the token usually has full control over the token.
0: But has there been some fraud uh, within the issuing of tokens, like especially for NFTs, like attached to like a physical, like say it's like Don Mattingly's
1: top rookie card? Yeah, so the so the NFTs and physical items are somewhat new, so um, no one was really doing them, and now it's starting to pick up steam. So there's a lot of different physical items starting to be attached uh, to to tokens. Um, but before, it's just mostly just digital token trading and the platforms itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, there's been a lot of a lot of fraud cases, and then especially with DeFi and Ethereum, um, a lot of. A lot of sketchy things. They call them red rug pulls where the price might be $100 and people are providing liquidity, especially the person who issued the tokens. And then they go and sell all their tokens and the price will go from $100 down to 50 cents in a matter of minutes.
0: And is that part of the reason for some of the fluctuate the fluctuations in, in the value
1: of cryptocurrency? Uh, I think it's mostly, well, a lot of it, I think like Bitcoin is a little more stable, even though it's gone from 4,000 to 60,000 to 34,000. So um, if you want to call that stable, but uh, 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 not so much Bitcoin uh, per se, but some of the smaller ones where majority of tokens are held by large holders. Absolutely. Call them whales in the in the crypto world. Mm. Um, and I think, was it you that was describing this scenario? It's
0: like, imagine, you know, you're at home and you realize you need milk and you look up the price of milk before you leave. And then by the time you get to the store, the price is like skyrocketed. And you're like, shit! I don't want to buy milk anymore. You come back home, and then the milk is back down. Was it you that was painting that no, picture? No, that
1: that wasn't me. But that's actually the case for um, the digital <laughs> dollar and the more creating greater demand for it. Is yeah. uh, El Salvador they, they recently this month made Bitcoin legal tender in their country, and uh, I believe El Salvador, the majority of people uh, hold U.S. dollars uh, as their currency, and now they're starting to use Bitcoin. But like I was saying, if Bitcoin goes from sixty thousand to thirty thousand. Uh, that doesn't really help the people. Short term, uh, they just lost half their money. So, right. uh, I think if the United States issued a digital dollar, people would use Bitcoin, and which would create greater greater demand for the dollar for for stability in in other countries.
0: And and do you know why El Salvador chose to do that? I mean, what's going on in their social political environment right now
1: that would would uh, encourage them to do that? I'm I'm not I'm not a hundred percent sure why why they did it, but but they did it. Um, and I, I think it's because their the currency collapsed, and and, and I yeah. think they want to attract new new tech to to mm-hmm. their country. So so they're trying to so they're trying to get more Bitcoin inside their borders, and I, they believe Bitcoin inside their borders is going to make their currency more valuable. Um, so
0: they're they're trying to piggyback off the stability of the U.S. dollar because their own currency collapsed, and just it's another way to reinforce that instead of just like hoarding actual physical dollars.
1: Yeah, correct. And obviously what you see what's going on with the Federal Reserve and how much money has been printed recently, you know, how how secure is the U.S. dollar itself? So, right. you know, I think El Salvador is saying, you know, if we can get Bitcoin inside our, our borders, that'll bring more value inside our borders, which will create more economic activity, which in turn will create more taxes for us and will help the people build better services so that they can live better. And, and what's your take on how,
0: like, do you think creating a digital dollar will help stabilize, um, you know, like in the face of what the Fed's doing, especially like over the last 15 months? I mean, they've just had to do like massive bailouts on, on the super small level to like the super huge level. Um, if they don't make a decision like this, if they don't take a step like this, um, do you think it's going to impact the economy in the U.S. dollar negatively?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. 100%. Because if they don't do it, someone else is going to do it. And if if someone else is holding other dollars, and that creates scary demand for their dollars and not our dollars. So a lot of Bitcoin maximalists, they don't necessarily like the U.S. dollar or they say it's bad or this and that. You know, I, I'm a U.S. citizen and, and I like the U.S. dollar because, you know, that's that's who we are and that's what's made our country. And we've been very lucky to have the U.S. dollar compared to all these other countries where U.S. dollar is the global reserve. So I think the Fed has to do something and i think they should issue the u.s dollar um so people abroad who who trade digital currencies instead of holding um these stable coins can hold the the u.s dollar very interesting um and does does uh like precious materials like gold play into this at all well bitcoin a lot of people refer to it as the digital gold i'm sure you heard so um you know what i mean like no one argues that having more gold inside your borders is is creating a a devalued dollar creating competition against it. So why would digital gold be any different? Right.
0: I mean does the Bank of England still set the price of gold? Is it still their racket?
1: <laughs> I'm not I'm not sure about that.
0: They did for a while. I'm not I, it's been a while since I've looked up any of these things as well. I was kinda of like fascinated with it like ten years ago. But I think at least like as recently as ten or fifteen years ago, they were still setting the price of gold. But most dollars are not attached to precious metals anymore. It's it's based on something else. But just trying to understand all this a little bit deeper very cool all right let's take another break just kind of process all this i'll try to come up with some more challenging questions on the next segment hang tight everybody we'll be right back
2: you're listening to top radio nyc uplift educate empower
1: I thought of it i got a great question what is xer so so xer is my uh is my card company name but that's my telegram handle name uh xer and uh xcp is the xcp protocol so you're not allowed to issue a assets inside the protocol so um anything that starts with an a so if you want to make a atom nft you couldn't you couldn't do that on the counterparty protocol so you'd have to put an x before it so you'd have to do X at So that's why my name's Xer.
0: Nice. Dope name. Phil, tell us about this company and what's going on.
1: Yeah. So uh, what, what we're doing is we uh, had physical cards printed and we added uh, the Bitcoin key on the back of the card. That's like a scratch off lottery ticket. And they hold some of the original uh, Bitcoin NFTs ever. So um, they're some of the earliest NFTs that ever existed in Bitcoin or, or digital history. And and what kind of cards have you printed? Uh, so we have uh, spells of Genesis and we have rare Pepe cards. So um, I'll hold one up for you. So this is yeah. actually the this is the XCP card right here, and uh, that's a spells of Genesis card. And this was issued in two thousand fifteen, and there's a total supply of a thousand of them.
0: And when like I've seen the boxes, like in the pictures that you sent me, and there's like packs. Is that just one? card in there
1: sealed? Yeah, so we have the we have the cards so they're every card sealed in its own box and then we're just gonna be selling packs of them and there's four four cards inside the box. And what uh what's what's uh MSRP <laughs> on this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so I think a pack of cards is gonna start at $1,299. twelve ninety nine. Twelve dollars and ninety nine cents? No twelve hundred and ninety nine yeah, exactly. clarify <laughs> it's not
0: a it's not a pack of Don rust right? <laughs>
1: Yeah, so so some of the some of the NFTs in um, counterparty selling between thirty and fifty thousand dollars for these right. NFTs. So uh, if you throw that inside a card, uh, it's still worth at least thirty to fifty thousand. And then you have cheaper ones where you can start collecting for for a few dollars a card. Um, just the NFTs, not the physical extra cards. Right. So yeah, people should check it out. And um, is the hope
0: that these turn investment like and. And increase with in price
1: over time, like the way fine wine ages. Um, I, I would think that would happen, but I'm not going to tell people that it's a speculating investment. You know what I mean? It's more just for the, the love of the cards and the NFTs and the owner piece of uh history. Right. So right now it's, it's more like just nostalgia based. Yeah. It's just like, I almost don't even want to sell the cards because I just want them all to myself. <laughs>
0: Well, then how else are you going to make money?
1: <laughs> exactly. So, you know, I want to spread the wealth. So I, I started making these cards because using the counterparty protocol to write Bitcoin NFTs is is somewhat difficult and a cumbersome, you know, just for someone new to pick it up and start doing it. It's it's not going to happen. So uh, if you can get a piece of Bitcoin history or a piece of Bitcoin art, one of the first ever, and it can show up right at your doorstep and you can display it on your in your house or on your shelf, uh, I think that's really cool. And you were saying um, in Lance's room that
0: some people just they just collect the tokens and keep them in their wallet and don't even worry about the physical, the tangible piece until like later on down the road, right?
1: Yeah, correct. So most of the NFTs, there is no physical piece for it. So so my card is the NFT, but the code is to the NFT and the card just represents that token itself. Right. So without the
0: without the actual token, the card is pretty valueless. Yeah. I don't think it's that cool without the token. Yeah. Then we're talking like $12.99, like $12.99 yeah, exactly. um So what are some of the, then, then explain a little further. What are some of the things people hold
1: tokens for that are just like not even tangible? What, what would it be then? It's, it's hard to explain. It's just, it's like collecting, it's like collecting something you love. You know what I mean? You just get new tokens, you get excited about it. And what's cool is it's really transparent. So you can see what other people have and, and you can, and you can trade them back and forth. So, uh, it's just kind of a fun aspect, but, you know, I think in the future you hold these tokens, people will be like, wow, you know what I mean? You hold this token. You know, I, I hold a couple of the first NFT art pieces ever, like literally number one. So it's kind of cool just to say you have, cause you know, it is scarcity. And it's based on, um, on, on math on the blockchain. So, uh, only X amount of people can own that token ever. It's not going to change. Have you seen the value of some of those increase recently? Oh yeah, hundred percent. I mean, people yeah. kind of started off with a sixty-nine million dollars sale, and I think that's drastically overpriced. But but whatever. But um, yeah, a hundred percent. They're starting to they're starting to come back. So cards you could have bought for say five or ten dollars are now selling for four or five hundred dollars. Right, just because of
0: uh, the the token attached to it. It's just like.
1: To the, the token and it really helps to be in a bull market because when people start making a bunch of money in crypto and, and the price goes from 4 thousand to fifty thousand now they have all this newfound wealth and uh, they spread it around and then whatever I know
0: like with with certain cryptos extraction is is not as easy uh, in some scenarios is is that true with nfts also where yes. like the, you just like accumulated all this wealth through it but like now how do you how do you, if you want to cash out, how do you do
1: that? Yeah, so I mean, it's really all about the the liquidity of being able to sell your tokens. So the um, liquidity's always got to be there for any investment to cash out. Um, and there's so many different chains now and different wallets. It's, it's 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 a it's a lot of work to keep track of everything. And I think eventually it's all going to come together and, and be in the same spot where you can you can do transfers from one chain to another.
0: Right. But right now you got, you kind of got to jump through hoops and some people just like can't even get it done. Is that, is that true? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Major hoops. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Almost like country hopping to try to, (laughs) to try to cash your checks.
1: Yeah. And then you, and then you lose your, if you lose your code, then your, your assets are all gone. You can never recover them. So. Right. you
0: You mentioned that like if you're, if you're, if the codes get exposed, then the whole thing is
1: valueless. Correct. Yeah, so I mean, uh, I like to call Bitcoin the the currency of digital security. Um, because, you know, the only reason Bitcoin has any value is because it's secure. So mm-hmm. a blockchain that's not secure has zero value whatsoever.
0: So it's 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 kind of clickish in a way. Uh, what do you mean by clickish? Like it's it's a, it, like you got to be in the crowd. You got to be in the club and and you got to like it's like Fight Club, like can't talk about it, and that's what keeps it secure.
1: Yeah, well, well, the co- not the code itself. Well, the miners' right. keep the blockchain secure, but the the code itself. Yeah, uh, that's like the number one rule. Yeah, if you had a Fight Club or a blockchain club rule, be don't share your your passphrase or key. Hundred percent. Right. So you've got you've got
0: um, the code which stored in the wallet. But then that passcode or key is what you really want to hold sacred, because if somebody can get in, then they have access to all of your codes. And once those codes are, are visible, um, there, goes your, there goes all your
1: hard-earned money. Yeah, 100%. So the, so, the, so the card or the extra card or the physical card actually holds the passphrase to the wallet itself. So each card has its own wallet, and then the NFT just sits inside the wallet. So if you can open up that wallet, you can send that NFT somewhere else.
0: right. And then it's gone, gone.
1: Oh, yeah, no, <laughs> or, no, no recovery, really.
0: or 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 valueless completely. And and we discuss too people like you know you've got people like Gary Vaynerchuk who just started like drawing like you know animal figures on wax boards and issuing NFTs for them, and people are like you know trying to kill for these things. What what's the story behind something like that? I mean, at least people like a real artist, right? <laughs> why is this like all the craze? Why are there like hundreds of
1: thousands of people like tuned into this thing? And it's just like stick figures. I don't get it. Yeah. So, um, so Gary, I mean, he's a real inspirational figure and like people look up to him so much. So I guess that they can say, Oh, I have this token that Gary made and it gives them a connection to Gary. and, And, and that's, that's pretty much it. And
0: it, so it's just like his reputation. It's literally like his fame that is backing it.
1: Yeah, I would I would say so. It's just like, you know what I mean? Everything's perception. So, right. like even even money and anything's perceptions based on some, what something's worth.
0: So in a figurative kind of way, his all of his fans are like the blockchain for the value of what he's issuing. I mean, I know not not actually, but just like the fact that they, these all these people like look up to him, that's like that's the uh, that's like the currency uh the popularity currency behind what he's doing and, and his ability to issue tokens for his stick figures. Yeah. A hundred, a hundred, percent. <laughs> I'm, I'm not trying to bash him. I love him. <laughs> I'm just like, I see this shit. I'm scratching
1: my head and I'm just going like, I don't know. Well, I, keep, I, have a, I have a funny story about that. So um, go for it. Go. So, so Gary, a couple of years ago, he, uh, he was, he was really into baseball card collecting he still mm-hmm. is or whatever. And uh, he was showing and I was like, Gary, I created the first Honus Wagner baseball card token ever. And I, I posted it to him and he didn't even like, he didn't like it. He didn't say anything to it. I was like, oh, come on, Gary, you got to, you know, give me a like at least and nothing. And then a couple of days ago, I was watching his NFTs on, um, you know, his podcast on NFTs or something of that sort. And he was like, I don't, I don't give any hints of what I'm actually looking into at the time. So. Uh, maybe he saw that, and maybe maybe it got his mind going on NFTs back then.
0: Yeah, I, I'm sure he's kind of stealth that way. Like he sees something that's like he thinks going to be valuable. He's not sharing. He's, he's doing it now because he's already got the market cornered. He's like, I can do whatever I want. You'll you'll never catch me. <laughs> that's funny. I mean, I have like a checkered pass with baseball cards, so the whole thing is kind of sensitive for me. I have a I have a, a juvenile. Um, grand larceny felony for stealing baseball cards uh-huh. this was like oh uh, what year was this it must have been like 1991 i was uh. like 14 but we had some crazy crazy cards and we got busted you know of course and so now like people are talking about this i'm like i i gotta i gotta turn my head the other way but people are also doing this in in like it's like spongebob cards and stuff like that right and garbage pail kids if i am i crazy or did i see people like issuing tokens for garbage pail kids
1: yeah there's there's all kinds of art going on right now with the nft space so yeah yeah i saw the garbage kill kids too yeah kind of cool
0: so we're calling we're calling garbage pail kids and baseball cards art at this point is that what is that where society is
1: (laughs) everyone's an artist in the nft world (laughs)
0: right exactly well that's kind of what i'm like getting at it's like it like i i can barely write my name like my handwriting is garbage and i'm watching like all these people they're like i just issued an nft i just created it and i'm like "Hmm, all right i mean i like i like leveling the playing field but you know it's a little it's just a little funny Wouldn't you say it's like slightly funny
1: Yeah, it's there's there's so many now. And that's why I'm so bullish on the Bitcoin NFTs and the rare Pepe's uh, because they're their originals. They're like the first of the first. So, um, you know, in between.
0: Yeah, I appreciate that. I appreciate that you're attaching like some history and and an emphasis on stability to the whole thing as opposed to just like chicken scratch. And 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 how does it uh, we have to take one more break, but just one more quick question. So, I when I first learned about it, I was just, I just assumed it was um, it was it was going to apply more so to reusing and repurposing someone's art digitally, but that's not really the case. It has nothing to do with like you you know using somebody's uh, art for you know your you know not necessarily your website, but you know like the, the banner on your Twitter page or. It really has nothing to do with that.
1: No, no, but I mean, it, it could, it could go that way. Obviously it's going to go that way where everything's tokenized.
0: Right. So you wouldn't even be able to like embed a, an image that wasn't yours originally. Like th- that's kind of what I, I thought of it first. And then it, everything took this like left turn on me. I was like, Oh wow. I really need to like do some research on this and understand it. But it, I mean, one thing that Gary says is that like NFTs are going to, change the way the internet works. And that's kind of why I was thinking that like at a certain point you're going to have to pay, even like you said, if it's fractionalized, is that kind of how you think it's, you see it playing out where it's like, I want to use this, like this image in something digitally. That's just mine. Not, not monetizing. I just want to, I just want to, you know, I want to, I want it to be there. Like if you wanted to repost somebody's thing, now you can just take a screenshot of it. And the way you go, you go to their Instagram profile and boom, but like do you think people are gonna to start to fractionalize, especially like high performing posts? And like if you wanna reuse that, you're gonna to have to you're gonna have to pay. You're gonna to have to pony up a little bit. And if you don't, they're gonna be able to sue you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's gonna empower a lot of content creators in the future for sure. Ugh. So you know, if you wanna read someone's post, they might want five of some tokens. So right um, it's kinda of, kind of cool and and, and And it's it's going to bring a lot of new revenue streams for. for
0: Yeah, I mean, I have no problem with it. It's kind of blows me away. Like when I first, I mean, I'm an older dude, you know, I was like kind of slow to the internet, especially social media. When I realized, I was like, oh, you could just keep using people's stuff and they're not getting paid for it at all. Like that's crazy, you know. And as long as you're not selling it, you can't get sued. So, uh, you know, coming from an artistic background too, I think that's I think it's very empowering for artists um and and they don't you know don't get screwed the way they do all the time now it's really crazy another eye-opening uh little tidbit there cool thank you for helping me clear that up we're <laughs> gonna take one more break uh, we'll come right back and i want to talk about like the like kind of your predictions for the future where you where you think some of these things may take us all right so hang tight everybody and we'll come back to the future
2: you're listening to talk radio nyc
3: uplift, educate, empower. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19-related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on TalkRadio.nyc. Howdy, I
2: am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on TalkRadio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7 Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on TalkRadio.nyc.
3: Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're
2: listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day.
0: Case in point, on the break, I opened up Twitter and my boy Ryan Lowe's uh, Ryan's Coffee House. He's in Florida as well. Um, just posted this. Got oh no, where did it go? <laughs> it just moved. There it goes. Found a face mask NFT. Had to get it as a reminder of the pandemic and a symbol of a crazy, exciting, changing year. So, like that's where we're at. People are like, what does that mean? What does that mean for our future? What? Where are we going? I think was a great tweet, Ryan, if you're listening, but uh that's, what what does that really mean? I don't Ryan. I don't <laughs> you know, I don't know. <laughs> what like how how is this going to impact our our lives going forward? And and I mean we talked about, you know, obviously cryptocurrency and bitcoin, art fractionalizing for investment purposes, for real estate, for banks, for like passive income, marketing purposes. But like, I just don't even know what that tweet means. He found a face mask NFT and he had to get it just for memorabilia. So he's just going to like forever have this. It probably will never like be valuable, but it's just like, it's, it's just like a collectible.
1: Yeah. So I think Paul, Paul Graham always talks about how everything starts as a, as a game. Um, and then it turns into something important. So right. I think right now everything's just being built on the different layers, um, and the protocols are being built to crypto useful in the future. But right now it's mostly just a track mechanism and speculation and uh platforms, and, and that's what's being first. And then the real world use cases will will come in. So I think NFT the original uh, like first mainstream use of the blockchain technology, and uh, now it's starting to be implemented in games and virtual realities and and I think that's that's where we're heading. Crazy, crazy, crazy! And then, what are, what are
0: your hopes like for your company? Do you have other ambitions with NFTs,
1: or is it, you're just kind of going to hone on hone in on this? Yeah. So uh, I I really like the counterparty protocol. So I think I talked about it, but it writes uh, Bitcoin uh, data, it, it rich data inside Bitcoin, like to create NFTs and tradable tokens inside Bitcoin itself. So. Um, Part of my card company XR is is just getting new users to counterparty and, and getting them to be able to collect NFTs uh, physically and easier than than they would have to be uh, digitally. So I I really hope that in the future, um, as as the regulation you know progresses, uh, that that they use the counterparty protocol or, or Bitcoin itself to secure. Um, valuable assets inside Bitcoin. So um, maybe you can secure bonds inside Bitcoin, stocks, um, houses, you know, anything super valuable would be the perfect place to store inside Bitcoin. So do you envision that almost as like
0: another company where you're, um, you're, you're almost like a financial advisor, uh,
1: hyper-focusing on that element? Yeah, so I'm not really 100% sure where it's going to go, but I'm just going to keep keep plugging away and keep, keep moving forward and try to progress the protocol. So um, we'll just have to see what the future entails.
0: And then one last question before we go. If someone had some money to play with, where would you where, where would you uh, advise them to, to go with it? Hmm. And like, especially if they were interested, less so in just like collecting face masks and FTs for fun. Um, actually looking for some kind of growth out of it, some, some sort of uh, investment in return.
1: So, so the safest place obviously is Bitcoin right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so if you wanted to put money in crypto, Bitcoin would probably be the most stable price. Um, it's come down by 50% off its high. So it's probably not such a bad place. And then you can you can go into more speculative assets uh, like XCP or be a little different, difficult to attain it. But you can go to Coinbase and, and buy some other coins. But um, I would I would just stick with Bitcoin and hold it for a long term play. Anything else would be um, if Bitcoin's not enough speculation, then then the <laughs> next ones would be even more. <laughs> um, and and what would you think like a good a good investment
0: amount would be to start with for someone like what's, what's kind of like a minimum and like, where's a where's a good place to kind of play? There's, uh, there's,
1: there's, there's, there's no minimum. So um, it's just, whatever you can afford to lose, where it wouldn't affect you, you know, your everyday living. So that would be my suggestion. Uh, if, if you would do a speculative investment, a Zcash might be a good one on Coinbase. Gotcha. Um, and then besides
0: that, one could, you know, work on on collecting certain pieces of like it could be baseball cards, it could be uh, a, a particular artist that someone thinks is gonna is gonna pop. I mean, has this has this like entered the music industry as well?
1: Yeah. So my buddy Rare Skrilla, he actually traded the first uh, music NFT ever, and it's called DJ Pepe, and uh, it it unlocked tracks back in the day on the Rare Pepe wallet. So if you hold the token, you get special access to its tracks. Uh, inside the wallet. So that was cool. And I think uh, a lot of the music platforms, they're starting to come. And I think that's probably the next big thing is the, is the music for sure.
0: Right. In the same way like we were discussing the kind of uh, the fractionalization of, of art on the internet, same, the same is going to be true um, potentially. So like a platform similar to Spotify could emerge and they're issuing NFTs in exchange for access to music.
1: Yeah, would, how killer would that be if you can buy a token and they get access to the album forever? That would just be incredible.
0: Instead of them just paying like a subscription fee, like you know, otherwise you got to like no NFTs, you got to hear all our ads. If you go the NFT route, no ads, and then also you get like this exclusive access to certain to certain music. Man, it's too bad Prince died already. He would fucking crush it with <laughs> this, you know? Like he would just destroy it. Ah. <laughs> Too bad. I'm a huge Prince fan. That's crazy. That's so crazy. All right. Well, we're going to wrap up. If uh, someone wanted to uh, reach out to you for, if they want to learn more about your company or wanted to get some advice or just ask you questions, um, what, where would you like people to be directed?
1: Yeah, hey, you can go to Twitter uh, at Ryan Avenue. Uh, that's my handle. So yeah, feel free to message me. If anyone has any questions or want to check out the cards. And do you have like a website or anything for XR? Yeah. So the extra marketplace is still being built, but the trades can actually be, the cars can be traded digitally, but I, I should have it up next week. It's extra.co. Okay.
0: Awesome, man. Well, thank you so much. I mean, my mind is blown. Hopefully everybody listening got some, some valuable information out of this. It's exciting to me, but I'm just like, I feel so ignorant. I don't know where to start, but these conversations always help. Like every time you come into Lance's room, I'm like, I leave, I feel a little bit more ignorant than I did when I went in but in a in a good way. You know, kind of the way like martial arts makes me feel dumber the more I learn.
1: Everything's moving so fast so no one's really an expert. Everyone's just kind of going along and learning as as it's progressing so yeah. you know every day it changes.
0: Right uh, uh, as does life. Cool, man. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And I look forward to catching you in uh, some more of Lance's rooms. All of you have a great weekend. Hopefully you got some great stuff out of this and have an awesome weekend. We'll see you next week, everybody. Peace out. Thanks,
1: everyone.
2: Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the Nonprofit Sector Connector, coming at you from my attic. Each week here on TalkRadio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on TalkRadio.nyc. Hi, I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Wise Content, Makes Wealth.